Spread number love all over the globe. It's the Vibe Show Podcast. I'm your host, Kano the Don, the Vibe King, and we have a special guest joining us on the show today. I'm talking about choreographer, dancer, actor, director, and producer. Man, this guy wear many, many, many hats. I'm talking about the one and only Darren Henson. What's going on, King? Man, it's great to be on with you. It's great to be alive today. And it's great to be able to take a deep breath and just and just share my voice with all your listeners. Man, before we even get started, I want to just take time right now to uh, let you know that this means a lot to us, man. And we just want to just say thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule, man. We know you have a lot of stuff going on. I appreciate you. You know, at this day and time, it's a wonderful thing to be able to have your voice on the radio, on television, on film where people get to listen to you about your journey, and not so much for me, but so it can help them on their journey. There's a lot of people who are artistic who, who want to develop themselves, so hopefully my stories will help them build themselves. Amen, amen. So you, you're originally from um, the Bronx, New York? Yes, sir. All the way from New York, the Bronx, BX, forever, Body <laughs> B, Fat Joe, Africa Bambada and the Zulu Nation, Rocksteady Crew, DJ Scott LaRock, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, man, yeah, yeah, definitely. That's the root. I'm talking about you, man. Hey, man, like, it's a lot, a lot, a lot of history, man, coming from that city, man. A lot, man. A lot of pioneers, man. A lot of people who paved the way. So just, just that, just coming from those grassroots alone, man, I know that really means a lot to you, man. Well, it, it does because it's, it's, you know, it's where I was born and, and raised. So for me, you know, although I don't live there now, but you know how they say you could take the man out of the place but not the place out of the man. So it's something I'm very proud of because it's like Frank Sinatra said, if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. Absolutely. And, you know, me, J-Lo, whoever, whoever you, you, you take from New York, chances are, they, they set up somewhere else and let people know that they raised the flag of New York because it built us. It really did. It built us. Right. So I'm not surprised at people's pride when they talk about, you know, they're from a specific borough of New York. Right. And, and you know, that, that, that makes a lot of sense, man. It really makes a lot of sense. You know, now, I want to I wanna give the fans, your fans, and um, the listeners... I wanna um I wanna go back a little bit and I and I want them to know like what was what was Darian Henson doing before um all of the accolades, before like you know, what inspired the vision, like when you were in high school, like was that always the vision to 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 do dance and, and to do acting and did you did you foresee that vision at a young age or it was something that kind of developed along the way or you were doing some other things and then it just happened? Well, speaking about myself in the third person, Darren Henson um always loved to dance. Always. Always, 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 as a young child, that was my thing. And my dream was to work with Michael Jackson. Wow. And that was a consistent, ongoing dream my whole entire life. 
And then you have movies back in the days like Breakin', Breakin' 2, Beat Street, Electric Boogaloo, um, um, Style Wars, um, you know, and you just, I was surrounded by music and dance. So for me, it was a no-brainer, you know, that I was going to be a dancer. Then I met DJ Scott LaRock from Boogie Down Productions and KRS-One, and we were touring together before everybody knew about Boogie Down Productions. Rest in peace, Scott LaRock. Um, you know, so, and then I met Ralph McDaniels from Video Music Box and Lionel Martin, the great director who jump-started from a direct from a directorial point of view all the, the hit videos back in the days. You know, for like Bobby Brown and New Edition, Come on. Color Me Bad, SWV, that all came out of classic concept productions, which was my beginning when it came to music videos, because they were the first company to bring me in as a choreographer. Lionel Martin, classic concept production. Got you. So, you know, going from dancing to choreography was a natural thing for me to do. And then that led me all the way to working, of course, with, with Michael Jackson and, and then Prince. And, and then, you know, I did all of the instincts when the industry changed and pop culture really popped um, that, uh, you know, that um, people got to know me from a choreography perspective. Right. So it was just me following my dreams. I didn't believe in chasing dreams. When you chase your dreams, that means your dreams are trying to get away from you. Right. I followed my dream. Oh, now I, I like how you put that. Now, you know, I, I can't let you just speak the king's name like that and we don't touch on that, man. That experience alone now, that that is huge. Mike, man, come on, man. We gotta talk about that. You gotta give me something on that, man. How did that well, come you know, about? Today is the tenth anniversary. Yes, man. Date. Happy birthday of, to Michael Jackson, of, man. Yeah, of his passing. Yes, his transitioning today. Yes. Uh, ten years ago, and it still seems like the world seems a little empty, you know, without his physical being here. Um, even when we didn't see him, we knew that he was still here. You could still feel his presence. Absolutely. And we still do through his music and and ways but uh you know anybody that knows me knows that michael jackson you know for me was the, the top of the food chain he was the top of the ladder he was the cherry on the on on the cake as far as my career was concerned as a dancer so you know i got a chance to work with him for about a year on many different projects and for me you know, when I met him, the things that he said to me and told me, you know, really gave me the um, opportunity to see myself through his eyes and, and, and to see myself and to understand who and what I am in terms of my ability. And then that was it. And then I, after, after that, you know, it was my position to let the world know who I was, and I wasn't going to be quiet about it. And then, you know, the following year, I worked with Prince, and and then not so long after that, I won the MTV Music Award for right. things Bye Bye Bye. I remember that. So, yeah. Man, that's, you know, it's just amazing because, like, hearing you say that, you know, you always 
always looked looked at Michael Jackson a certain type of way, and then to actually get to work with him, man, that's ah, that feeling there is just it's got to be amazing. I believe dreams come true when you move towards them. I mean, dreams are simply energy showing you the picture of 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 what it is that you're feeling, right? Right, right. What it is that you desire. So once you start taking action towards those dreams, they they're gonna manifest. Whatever it is that you're thinking about shows up, so you know it was it was inevitable, and right. and I know that now. You know, before I thought it was just a dream, and yeah, this is what I really want to do. But now, being older, I realize that that was me putting energy towards desiring the physical manifestation. Right, right. With 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 being. Um a dancer, you know, having, having that background as well. Um, a lot of people who, who just basically see the after, the after effects of, of, you know, you see it on the TV and, and, you know, but not really knowing how much work is actually, um, put into, um, putting these routines and everything together. Can we can we touch on that for all of the um, inspiring dancers? Yeah, you you can't see. Jay Z said it best. He, he he talks about how people actually see the outcome and then they try to mimic that. Right. But they don't want to mimic the process. You know, like Kobe Bryant. You know his his pointing. You know when he played basketball, LeBron James point scores when he played basketball. They see the game and they just want that success. But they don't know all the time, all the hours, all the days, all the weeks, all the months, and all the years that they took practicing. Right. You know, everybody wants the instantaneous success because that's what they mimic when they were like, oh, she did that or he did that. Yeah, they're successful now. But what did they do to build up to that success? So be smart and put in the time. Because once you... Once days go by, you can't get the days back. Right. So put in the time now. You know, don't don't be like those people who waste so much time and, and they can't get the time back. Be smart and put in the time, you know? Right. Simple. With with with, with coming in the game um back then and being around and, and still being um relevant in the game right now on so many different levels, what what could you um say is different about then and now? I think the difference is, well, one of the things that's different um, typically is social media. Social media, it's a a double-edged sword. It can handle and help you. You know, social media, you can publicize yourself. As you know, there are many people who became popular by using social media. Right. 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 But at the same time, you can get addicted being on social media so much that you don't get anything done in your real life. <laughs> wow, yeah. So it can hinder you as well. You could be on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook so much that you're not doing anything except scrolling. Right. So when you could be working on your own craft, spending hours putting time in, developing yourself, you're scrolling. Well, that's the double-edged sword. It can help you, but it'll also hurt you because you could be so addicted to it that you're not really doing the things that you could be doing that would actually be 
that you could be publicizing. Right. So if you spent more time working, then you would have more stuff to post on Instagram. But if you're not, then all you're doing is looking at what somebody else did. Right, watching watching other people uh, make moves and be successful, and yep. wonder wondering why you know wondering why you're not moving. Yep, that exactly. makes <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. So you know, in that regard, it is uh, a double edged sword, man. It it it's just amazing, man. Um, it's it's just really amazing, you know. And 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 it's also like you said, it's also a good thing too. You know, a lot it, it's provided a lot of opportunities for a lot of people who probably wouldn't have never got an opportunity or never even got the light, you know, shined on them in, in any kind of way to be able to get their talents displayed. So it is a double-edged sword in that regard. It's like anything. If you use it for your advantage, it can assist you. If you abuse it, it will hurt you. Right, right. Actor, man, how how did the, the, the acting bug, um, how did that come about? Acting became... Uh, prominent in my life when all of my dreams as a as a choreographer came true once once all of my dreams as a choreographer came true i needed something that was going to you know do for me what dance did and you know i i constantly feel the need to be to be challenged i constantly feel the need to grow and without growth, I feel like I'm dying, like I'm not doing anything. Right. So it's important for me to always challenge myself. So since all of my dreams came true as an actor, I mean, as a choreographer, I felt like I needed to challenge myself with something that I knew nothing about, which was acting. <laughs> wow, and yeah. so as, as an entertainer, um, as a dancer, I knew that there were a lot of other people that I looked up to, like Gregory Hines, John Travolta, you know, Michael Jackson, um, Fred Astaire, that were dancer, you know, choreographers. So I said, well, then that's what I'm supposed to do because they did it, you know. So I just followed in their footsteps, to be honest. And um, and I'm still learning, you know. I, I, I really am. I'm not the greatest actor in the world, um, but I've done over 60 films, and, and I'm studying, and, you know, I, I really desire to continue growing. And to um, and and to do great work, you know, I have a movie out right now, which is called Black Bear, and um, you know, I'm excited because so many people that went to the movie theaters to see it, and it's a war film, and I play a POW, and it's a really really deep film, so I'm excited to actually do a movie in a role that I never did before, right? And and to see that people have embraced it in such a strong, powerful way says that I'm just getting started. So I'm just, I'm really thankful that producers and directors are still seeking me. Um, I'm creating my own content. You know, I, I work with an, an amazing road manager named Jed Traeger, who's always out there in the field um, looking for content for me. Um, it's a team effort. And, uh, you know, I'm just appreciative for all of the uh, all of the producers, writers, and directors that I've worked with thus far. You know, in the next couple of days, I have a movie uh, on Netflix coming out called Stage Killer, where I play a character that um, is married to a Caucasian woman. 
And that was originally written for a Caucasian man. But after the producers wow. met me, they said, no, we want him. Really? So it, color, yeah, color didn't matter at that point because they thought I was the best actor to tell the story, which is beautiful. Right. You know? And, you know, I love the diversity in that because somebody took a chance on me. You know what I mean? But so you know, that's the kind of story that I want to be able to continue telling. So when black people out here think, man, it's not enough work. Well, I would tell him, man, just be good enough. You know, Will Smith, when they gave him the job in for Men in Black, that wasn't written for a black guy, but they knew that Will Smith could rock that character. Right. He got the role. Right. It's not always about black and white. Just be the best and you'll get it. But, you know, with that being said, too, now, um, I can't let you downplay it too much because, like I say, I'm a fan uh, of you and your brand and, and everything that you stand for. And um, I've only seen excellence from, um, you know, being a dance choreographer, from you dancing, um, from all of the roles that you've played. Um, I've, I've, don't, I've only seen excellence. And, and, and um, so, you know, and, and that's 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 from a fan's perspective. Thank you. I understand. And I appreciate the modesty. But at the end of the day, man, like you, you, you really like you, you really an exceptional actor and you really, um, you know, represent excellence with everything that you stand for. So um, I, I, I had to get that. that in, man. At the end of the day, you know, it's my face on the screen. So either I did the work or I didn't. You can't blame it on anybody else. Right. You know, either you showed up and showed out or you didn't. But that movie, once you finish filming it, it's going to be forever. So either it's going to be great quality work or you're going to be trying to, you 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 shooting scenes worrying about being on Instagram. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. <laughs> so that's the difference. I see a lot of people, man. I'm going to leave them nameless for right now. But it's a lot of people who show up on set. And why they filming? They on their phone. Come on. So they not really focused on the work. They they still be on Instagram while they filming. So, you know. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. From from your perspective. Why do you think that that's so? Like you know, it's got to be. Hey, look, we're on the set. I'm on the set right now. Um, you know, like it's it's. Do you think that that's taking away from giving? the the fans and the consumers something to 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 wonder about with giving them yeah, all it, of it, you it absolutely will take away people think it's cool to multitask there's not like successful people will tell you there's nothing cool about multitasking at all right when people brag about oh, i could do two things at one time they're just telling you they're not focused and people who are incredibly successful will be turned off by that. You speak to anybody that runs a huge conglomerate company, they don't want you multitasking. They want you to take care of the matter at hand, and they want you to take care of it in a way where it makes the issue or problem disappear. They look for people who know how to resolve. People who multitask usually have more problems because they didn't focus on the, the issue at hand. So it was never truly resolved. It's like putting a Band-Aid over something, you know, hoping that the cut goes away. No, there's a cut there. It, <laughs> right. It, it has to heal itself. Right. Band-Aid is just to stop the bleeding. Right. You right. Know, but there's a cut there. 
Man, I like how I like how you put things, man. Like it's you know, it's pretty, it's it's dope the way you put it because it's like it's 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 so direct, you know what I mean? But it's it's just done in a certain type, a smooth type of way. I'm digging it, man, definitely. Um, yeah, I like analogies, man. It's like yeah. the Bible, you know, it gave you parables. So that's that's how I learned. Soul food, man. Um, you portraying ex-convict um, Lean Van Adams. Um, let, can we talk about that that for uh, a little bit? Because um, you really you really um, knocked that one out as well. One of my favorites too. Oh, thank you. Well, you know, Lim Van Adams came um, through Makai Pfeiffer first. Nia Long who played Bird, um, but I I really got to give the thanks the most high because. You know, I was praying at that time. You know, I lost my best friend in 9-11. He was a fireman. Sorry to hear that, man. Um, You know, I had just, you know, a few years before that, I had my first son. um, And I was a guy that really wanted to, you know, make a change in the world and do something different. And so when that came along, I I just prayed a lot, and I really wanted a change in my life. And... You know, this wonderful woman named Felicia Henderson, uh, who was the showrunner and the executive writer, you know, Hollywood auditioned for that TV show. When I'm telling you, every black actor in Hollywood auditioned for that role. I mean, Tyrese wow. auditioned for that role. Loren Tate auditioned for that. I mean, everybody wanted that role. Come on. And she saw me, and she was like, you're my limp. And I, I, I couldn't believe it because, you know, I was a dancer and choreographer who just wanted to be an actor. Yeah, yeah. And she said, you're my limp. You're him. And, wow. And I'll never forget that. And she gave me a chance. Right. And, you know, she put me in that role, and it was my job to tell the story of this young man who was originally from New York who moved to Chicago to marry this girl named Bird. And, you know, to tell the story for five years about what it's like to be in the street but not really be street a street dude right meaning that was just his reality because he was trying to survive but he he really wanted to be a great dad and a great father exactly and a great husband i mean a, a great father and a great husband and so that's what i was more interested about you know telling the story about this young man who was you know trying to be a good man, a good father, and a good husband. And, you know, it was interesting because my life was paralleling that at the same time. You know, as I told you, I had my son. Actually, by that time, I had both of my sons, you know, by 2000. Right. And it was like I was going through the same thing Lim was going through. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was really interesting. A lot of my life had paralleled what what you saw on the show. You know, I think what really made um, what really made that character uh, so strong as well is um, it was so relatable because a lot of um, people out there were going through that or had been through that. Yeah, so exactly. I think that 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 role um, written into that movie. Um, it, it was just well put together. The whole entire movie was well put together, but that particular character was so relatable because I had even experienced um, that experience, what he was going through with um, transitioning 
from um, that situation into trying to, you know, get it right and, and get on track and, and, you know, doors closing and you're not, you know, it's it just, it just, I just felt it all the way, man. I felt it all the way. Now, um, Prep for Prep nonprofit organization. Um, for uh, in it based in uh, that's NYC, top minority uh, for top minority students. Can we talk about that a little bit? Yeah, you know I've been involved with a lot of nonprofits over the years, and and one of the reasons is because you know it affords me an opportunity to give back, to give back to people who are like me, to give back to people who are in the position that I was in give back to people who really desire something for themselves and don't really have the money. Right. And nonprofits and not-for-profits, they, they actually, you know, believe it or not, a lot of them help people, you know, and, and help put them through school, help educate them, um, help buy them books. So I believe in that. I think, you know, in life, when you have something, man, you got to help people. Right. You can't just think about what you're getting, you're getting, you're getting. And, and not help somebody less fortunate than you because you were them at some point in your life. True. You know, at some point in your life, somebody from your family helped you. Somebody across the street from your house helped you. Somebody you didn't even know helped you. And <laughs> right. As long as as long as somebody needs help and they're trying, you know, the woman who has children, who's a single mom, she's trying to take care of her kids. It's okay to buy her a bag of groceries when you can afford it. You right. know what I mean? Right, yeah, like, yeah. If, 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 if you a baller, what's, what's a couple of hundred dollars to feed a family going to cost you? It's not even a blink in your eye. People go to clubs and pop bottles all day all long. All day long. And they pay a $1,000 markup from what a bottle really costs. Most Ex- of the exactly. bottles cost $50, but they're paying $1,200 in the club for that same bottle. Well, what is that telling you? Right. That's telling you that we're programmed to waste money and throw it away when that $1,000 could probably feed a family for five months. Man, no lie, man. Which one seems more interesting to you? Right, right. You know, with that being said, do you think that, um, do you think that that's a part of, of, of the direction that, that whomever, wanted to 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 go towards it you know do you think that that that's a part of the plan to continue to um dumb down the culture and keep everybody not focused on the things of importance like what you just mentioned um what could could be being done do you think that that's um some some form of 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 a plan to um to continue to dumb the culture down with all due respect, I think at this point, that's a rhetorical question. Right. Meaning, I, I think that that's absolutely where people are right now. You know, they would rather focus on rap music, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You know, they would rather post, you know, this is a true story. They will take down a positive video, a video that's teaching you something and educating you, before they would take down a post where somebody gets shot in the street. Now, tell me wow. where the intelligence is in that. Right. This is a fact. Right. Yeah, they would this take is. down posts or block somebody consistently telling the truth before they will show a cop shooting somebody in the street. Well, don't you think 
that that's irresponsible to show a live shooting on Facebook or Instagram. Right, or Twitter. man. It's irresponsible. Right. Why would anybody see that? But they're making the, the argument that we're, we're trying to protect the community. How are you protecting them by showing them the violence? You right. protect them by not showing it. You protect them by preventive measures, not suppressive measures. Suppressive measures never hurt. You take cough syrup when you got a cough, but it doesn't stop the germ that's creating the cough. Right. Right. Man, that is so that that is so true, man. You know, <laughs> it's just it's 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 weird. You write somebody with a pie, somebody that that you know, even in the music you know anybody that's that's doing something uh, a positive song or something like that it it'll never go viral it'll never get shared um yes. and but you're right you know the the guy that got that the uh the guy little guy that 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 you know shot his girlfriend in the car on on yes. live uh everybody is sharing it everybody yes. that's not helping like you showing a mass you showing a mass murder and it's not censored but 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 Minister Farrakhan teaches you how to love yourself. <laughs> right. Teaches you how not to be dependent on somebody, but he gets blocked. He get blocked. It wow. doesn't make sense. You know, even the music that we have today. You know, years ago, Brandy, you know, Queen Latifah, Yo-Yo, MC Light, I Want to Be Down. Right. I Want to Be Down with You. Now it's F this hoe. Right. F, F a man, I get some money. Right. I Want to Be Down with You. Now it's F a man, I get some money. And F this hoe. Man, 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 we are really, really in a bad space, man. Like it's this, it's a, it's a state of consciousness, and it's not that we're in a bad space. We're actually in a great space. Think about it. Yeah, we have both sides of the coin. We have history that tells us what happened, which means that we can better ourselves. There's a lot of millionaires out there. There's more billionaires than ever in history. True. There's more millionaires black millionaires ever in history. So we're not really in a bad space. We're just in a space where the majority is tuned in, tapped in, and turned on to the wrong vibration. Got you. Got you. That's why we're on this conversation right now. That's why I said yes to this interview with you right now, because our voices make a difference. Our voices are the voices of clarity. Our voices are the voices of freedom. Our voices are the voices of maturity. Our voices are the voices that need to be heard. And your platform allows that. Thank you, my brother. Man, I loved you. And uh, another one of my favorites, man, I loved you in Stump the Yard, man. I think that that was like you... I think that 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 you that was effortless for you right there playing a role like that. I I think that's just me because like you to me you were in your element with that. Would you agree? I I appreciate that and that absolutely would be the truth. You know, Stomp the Yard is one of my favorite films because it, it it's probably because I was able to as a dancer you know, my next dream was to, to dance in a film. And so I danced in it and acted in it. So I was able to use both of my mediums, right, that I had practiced. Right. And it be documented on film forever. So As a classic, as a classic, as a classic too now. Yeah, it's a cult classic Definitely. Now. Like, it's really one of those films that go down in history. Exactly. Like, you know, West Side Story. Yes. The Wizard of Oz. Yes. Wiz. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm a part of that now. It's it's amazing that I think about it, but it's a part of, you know, like Saturday Night Fever. You know, it's it's one of those cult classics that are historical now, and I'm a part of that. So, you know, I realize that my life has been one of creation and creating history that can be used you know, when you talk about the Cosby Show, you can't talk about the Cosby Show without talking about soul food. Right. You can't talk about the Wiz without talking about Stomp the Yard. Right. Right. So, you know, I thank God that I was put on this earth to be monumental. You know, it's not just Cardi B. It's not just Tupac. It's not just Biggie. There's Darren Henson, too. There you, you go. Know, it's not just you know, Jay-Z and Beyonce. There's Darren Henson, too. That's right. You know what I'm saying? That's right. And and, and, and so, I and I got blessed with an opportunity to be able to interview Darren Henson, too. So I'm a part of this history as well because I got blessed with this opportunity, man, and it means the world right. to me, too, man. Cause you, it's all you, six degrees of separation when we do the work. Right. You know, man, like, I, I'm... With 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 everything, just just looking at everything, man. Like new kids on the block, Jordan Knight, Britney Spears, Backstreet Boys, Ninety Degrees, Instant. I mean Spice Girls, man. This this these are these are our legendary acts, man. You gotta you gotta forgive me though because I gotta make a correction, and I know it's on the internet everywhere. But I can't take away that woman's credit. I did not choreograph for the Backstreet Boys. You did. And I know it says that, and everybody repeats that because it's everywhere, but I didn't. I did in sync. So I don't want to take away, you know, that woman's credit for the work that she did. Um, but I didn't do Backstreet Boys. Can we talk about about the transition, man? Like, from, you know, working with so many so many different people um in the entertainment business um how do you how do you 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 maintain and and stay inspired and motivated what inspires Darren Henson well you know i read i read my bible i pray i meditate i listen to my teachers there's so much out in this world, and if you start to see what's really out there, and I keep, you know, I'm beating up Instagram, but I'm not really beating it up for the sake of Instagram being beaten up. But if you just look outside of what's on your phone, there's a massive world out there, and you can partake in it if you if you just allow yourself. I mean, there's canyons, there's waterfalls, there's fields, there's people, there's, there's, there's buildings, there's mountains, you know, there's, there's dogs, there's birds, there's whales, there's sharks, you know, there's monkeys, right. there's, there's polar bears. There's just so much more than just what's on Instagram. So you you got to, you know, turn off in order to enjoy the world that God gives you. And I think what affords me the opportunity to do that is is prepare for it. You know, 
late last year and this year, I haven't really traveled much. But because I haven't traveled much, because I've been working, you know, here, um, it's making me really want to travel again. Right. And so I write down where I want to go and what I want to do. And in the next couple of months, I'm going to start doing it, like around September. Like, I'm, I'm traveling more in September through December than I have in the last 10 years because I, I, I've got the buildup to do that. You know, I want to speak to people in different languages. I want to visit different lands that I've never been to. So many places. I've been back to again and again and again and again all over the world, but I want to go to places that I haven't been. I want to go to Vietnam. Right. I want to go to Thailand. I want to go to Australia. You know, I haven't been to those places. I've been to Europe. I can't tell you how many times, but I, I want to go to places that I, I never have been, you know, right. and see and meet people that I've never met and may never ever meet again. Right. You know, I've been to Africa. I want to go back to different parts of Africa. That continent is beautiful. Man. You know, so I'm, I'm really just going to stretch myself, you know, and 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 get out there, you know. And, right. you know, really spend time with people that I love and I care about and explore the world, you know. And that, and that, that as well, that brings inspiration as well by by exactly. seeing different cultures and and, and and trying new things and and you know i i definitely i definitely feel you on that man i definitely yeah, feel i'm inspired you on that. by knowing that there's more right right i love how you just put that the ideal husband the ideal husband man um can we touch on that? I mean, I'm talking about Jack A. Harry, man, Genuine, Clifton Powell, Shirley Murdoch, Shante Lowry, uh, I mean, Erica Hubbard, like uh, all-star cast, man. Like, um, Yeah, that was, that was actually a really good play um, that, uh, that I was pulled into, and, and I was happy to tell that story. But, you know, even more than The Ideal Husband, there was a play I did called Fabric of a Man. Really? That was written by Dave Talbot, and that starred Tammy Townsend, myself, Leslie Seagar, um, Clifton Powell. That I mean, that 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 show right there, buddy. Um, it, it just man, that's the best play I ever did in my life. The Fabric of a Man. And people can actually watch that play on Prime the fabric right now. Of you a go man. to Prime. And just watch it. Fabric of a Man by David Talbot. So go watch that. I'm definitely going writing that down right now. I'm definitely going to check that out. Fabric of a Man. And you say that we can uh we can we can get that on what? On Prime. Prime, Prime. okay. Got yeah. you. Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime. Got you. Definitely going to check that out. The inheritance. Let's talk about that one. Golden Brooks, uh, D.B. Woodside, Keith David, Rochelle um, Eights. Yeah, Rochelle Yates, yep. Yeah, that horror was, that thriller. Was that was the first horror film I ever did. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not really into the horror genre. Right. But uh, I really liked the story, and it was, it was an ancestral story, so I was interested in that you know, about black African ancestry. 
So that's why I did that. But, you know, the, the, the horror genre is not really my genre, but, uh, you know, we jumped into it. We filmed that in, in, um, in uh, Minneapolis, uh, Minnesota, and uh, it was, I think it was about 10 below zero. Come on. We were shooting that out in the snow. Yeah, man, we were frostbitten. We didn't stay in a hotel. We lived in a cabin. Oh, wow. Um, it was it was a real interesting um it was a real interesting time. It was a very <laughs> interesting time. <laughs> yeah. So that goes down to history as a first. Yeah, yeah. Man, I wanna um I want to to ask you too, man, um what else what else can we look uh look forward to in the future? Well, I, I really would love people to go to my website or to my, my new book, which is called Life's Teachable Moments. This book is so amazing because it really helps people to expand um, into areas that they truly desire. And it teaches people how to remove fear. Most people, when they want something, but they don't really go after it because it's fear-based. You know, there's two motivating factors in life. It's pleasure and pain. We do everything to avoid uh, pain and, and things to gain pleasure. Right. So, you know, even when something scares us, we think that it's going to cause us pain, we'll stay away from it. And we move things towards things that we feel we're going to get pleasure from. So those are the two motivating factors in life. And then I talk about the six human needs in the book. I mean, I, I break stuff down in this book. And the book is called Life Teachable Moments. Uh, and where can we get to that? Life Teachable Moments. And, and where can we get it at? What's the website? The, 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 my website is yes. DarrenHenson.com. www.DarrenHenson.com. Okay. And the book is sold exclusively on my website. Got you. Okay. So I would tell people, if you want to read a, a self-help book, an empowering, empowerment book, then until you can join me in some of, some of my meditation brunches, uh, go get a copy of the book. Life Teachable Moments. Okay. Life Teachable Moments. Absolutely. Man, D, I, I, I always ask, and you have been dropping jewels since you first jumped on here, man. I, I actually really, really could talk to you for forever, man. I'm, 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 I'm just constantly learning stuff. I love to hear you speak. It's, it's, it's just nothing but wisdom. I love it. I always ask my guest um, if you had an opportunity um, to speak to a room full of um, uninspired people um, who were looking for some inspiration, looking for some words of uplift, uh, some guidance, some um, direction, and you had an opportunity to speak to that room full of people, what would you tell them? Well, more than tell them something, I would ask them what they wanted and why. And I would hand out pieces of paper with pencils. And I would ask them what they wanted. And when, and when they say it, I would say, write it down. And then I would say, now tell me why you want it. And I would have them write it down. You can't teach anybody anything unless you know what they desire in life. Mm. So it's better to ask a question than to try to tell somebody something. Mm. To be more direct. And then after they write it down, I would say, what will it cost you if you never had that? 
if you never go there. Right. If you never see that. If you never feel that. What will it cost you, that thing that you wrote down and the why that you wrote it down? So what do you want? Why do you want it? And then I would ask you to write down what will it cost you if you don't change enough in order to get it. Wow. What will it cost you in your life? What will it cost you in spirituality? What will it cost you in a marriage? What will it cost you in business if you don't change and figure out how to get it? Mm. I love that. Black Bear out now in theaters. Um, that's everywhere. We can go and check that out. Black Bear. Um, let's see here. And also we got, um, we also got the book. Everybody, I need everybody to go and get this book called Life Teachable Moments um, exclusively on Mr. Darren Henson's website. That's www.darrenhenson.com. Come, y'all go and get that book, man. Let's support the movement. Um, and also, Black Bear is out now in theaters. Mr. D, I just want to just thank you so much. And I'm asking you to come back on the show whenever time permits. Or you um, have anything that you want to promote or you want to talk about or whatever, um, I would love for you to come back on the platform again. I'd love that. Thank you so much again for uh, sharing time with us, man, and dropping jewels all the way through. My man, Mr. Darren Henson, thank you so much, my brother. God bless you. Thank you so much. Yes, sir. It's the Vibe Show Podcast with your boy Kano the Don, the Vibe King, and my special guest, the King, Darren Henson, my man. God bless you. Thank you.